Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. And Rachel, good to see you on the violin there. It's awesome. Sounded great. So we're in Acts chapter 16. I invite you to open your Bibles, open your heart, open your mind today to the Word of God as we read it, as we study it today, as we preach it. Again, my name is Danny Forshee. If you're tuning in, or maybe you're just coming in to Great Hills, I know um, it's interesting at 11 o'clock, it's... Um, it's about half full, and then when I get up here about 11.30, I mean, we, we see people, a lot more people, so we're glad to have you join in with us, and thank you again for studying God's Word with us here uh, at Great Hills Baptist Church, and uh, we're in the book of Acts. Church on the Move is the name of our study, and we've been in it now for two and a half years, thereabout, yes, two and a half years to be exact, and we're about halfway through, just a little over halfway through, On Mission with God. Uh, that is the title of our message today. Uh, John Piper says that missions exist because worship does not exist. And what he means by that is we are compelled, we are motivated to go and tell the gospel, tell everybody we know and that we meet, whether it's here local or in our neighborhoods or in our state, our nation, our world, we tell them about our great God and how awesome He is. So we evangelize them, we go on mission to them, they receive Christ, and then they become worshipers. That's the end game, is we want as many people as possible to worship our great God, to sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Wasn't that fun? Man, I enjoy just singing that song. I like that little rendition toward, toward the end. You say, that's not the way it was written, but that's okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. It sounded great. All right, on mission with God, if you have your Bible, I'd love for you to turn to Acts 16. It says 11 through 24, but church, I'm telling you right now, we ain't going to make no 24. I, I'm telling you, that's way too many verses for Brother Danny, right? And we're going to get about five verses today, five or six verses in today, uh, because we get to preach about this wonderful lady by the name of Lydia. Uh, Lydia is the first European convert to Jesus Christ in Philippi, in Macedonia. And so we get to read her story today. And I get to preach a whole message about Paul sharing the gospel with Lydia and my favorite line. And you're going to love this line. And maybe you've read it. Maybe you've already been reading and studying. Maybe you're a little bit ahead of me and you're like, man, I'm, I come prepared today, Brother Danny. I've read the text. I've prayed. I, 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 my mind is ready. I'm here to worship God and give Him my very best. So welcome. We're so delighted that you're here. All right, so the line in the story goes like this. And the Lord opened Lydia's heart. Ah. Uh, that is just one of my favorite lines. It is a beautiful picture of what happens, you ready for this? In salvation. When you hear the Word of God today preached and the Holy Spirit begins to tenderize you and convict you and, and He begins to open you up and you, you join in with the Holy Spirit and you say, I receive Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. The Lord opens your heart, watch this, and you open your mouth and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. Nobody can say that except through the intervention of God's salvation. What a beautiful mystery. What a wonderful thing it is. You, you and I, I'm supposed to say this later in my sermon. I just can't wait. I can't, I can't say it. You and I can open another person's heart about as good as you and I can create a star. 
<laughs> That's impossible. You and I can't create a star. We can't create anything. But God does. God opens people's hearts. Man, I am praying that God opens hearts today, right here, right now, that your heart would be open to the Spirit of God. And you online, I'm praying that the same Holy Spirit who is working here, He would open up your heart. You would receive uh, the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. Verse 11 says, therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. And the next day we came to Neapolis. And from there we went to Philippi. Mm. There's a whole book in our Bibles in honor of this city and the church that met in that city. Somebody help me. Philippians, right. And so we, from there, we went to Philippi, which is the chief or the most prominent, foremost city of that part of Macedonia, a colony. And that's an important little statement there that Luke, remember Luke is brilliant, y'all. He is a first-rate historian. He is a medical doctor. He places in there a colony because of their autonomy. Even though they're part of the Roman Empire, they still have some autonomy. We'll talk about that in a moment. And we were staying in that city for some days, Paul says. This is Paul and Silas. This is Timothy. This is Luke. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made, and we sat down and we spoke. Mm. By the way, that's what you do when you're on mission with God. You speak. You speak. You speak to people whether it's at work or whether it's at your neighborhood or maybe you're on a short-term mission trip or whoever you are, if you're a follower of Christ, when you're on mission with God, that's the title of my sermon today, you speak. You say, well, I'll just let them see Jesus in me and I won't say a word. No, can't, can't do that. If you had that mentality, if the early church had that mentality, there would be no book of Acts because they spoke. The Word of God came out of them and they talked about the changed life that Jesus gives. And so we sat down and we spoke, oh, watch this, to the women who met there. Here she comes. Y'all ready for this? Now, a certain woman named, what's her name? Isn't that a beautiful name? Lydia. She akouoed us. Acoustics. It's in the imperfect tense in the Greek New Testament. She kept on hearing listening to Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke as they spoke the Word of God to her. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshipped God. The Lord, <laughs> the Lord opened her heart. He opened her heart to heed, to obey the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us. Again, imperfect tense. She kept on begging us to saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come, come to my house and stay. Now, the word stay is an imperative verb in, in Greek. It means I'm giving you the command. I've accepted Christ 
as my personal Savior and Lord, so has my family, many of my business associates, many of the people here. We've all been saved. We've been baptized. Man, y'all got to come stay at my house because we have been changed by the power of God, and we want to bless you, and we want to we serve you, men of God, and we want to encourage you. That, that's how you know somebody really got a good dose of salvation. You know why? Because they got baptized. You said, well, I'm just a closet Christian for Jesus, brother. I accept Jesus as my Savior, but I'm not going to let anybody... I'm telling you, that's not biblical Christianity. Biblical Christianity is I receive Christ. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed. Point the water out to me, brother, and I'll just go swim with you. That's, that's biblical Christianity. Hank, thank you. That's the way some of you are looking at me like. Some of you are looking at me like, I just dare you to bless me. I just dare you to say something that I might enjoy. Come on, church. Come on, Velu. Help me out there, brother. Come on. Amen. Look over here. Say somebody, Fred, you with me? All right, good. Y'all got to talk back to me a little bit, all right? This smattering of applause. I mean, either don't clap or clap, all right? <laughs> I mean, it's just everybody clap or nobody clap, all right? Good, all right, good. Praise the Lord. Man. Man that's, that's better, Baptist. That's better. So he opens her heart. She is baptized. That's what you do when you get saved. If you don't want to get baptized, did you really get? Oh, sound like Church of Christ, brother. No, I sound like a Bible teacher. If you really accepted Christ in the order of the New Testament, then you follow him in believer's baptism. That's what you do. And she begged us, if you've judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay. So she, <laughs> look, this is a very successful businesswoman. She's used to getting her way. She persuaded us, and guess what we did? We went to Lydia's house to stay. This is the Word of God, on mission with God. A few years ago, Avery Willis and Henry Blackaby, remember that name, Henry Blackaby? Still alive, him and his family still serving the Lord. Henry Blackaby has this book, you know, Experiencing God, and he talks about over and over, find out, where God is working, and then what? Join in with Him. So they tell the true story of some missionaries when they were serving the Lord together in Africa. They went to a very remote place, a very almost hostile to the gospel, very Islam, Islamic, Muslim-predominant religion. And so their little team says, let's do this. There's men and women, Christians, who've gone over there to do mission work. They said, let's pray. Let's find out. Let's find Lydia. <laughs> God's working. Let's just find out where he's working, and then let's come alongside him. So a lady, she's walking the streets. She's kind of out of place. And a guy comes up to her and says, ma'am, you, you look different. You look a little bit lost. What, what, is, what are you doing? She said, no, I'm not lost at all. I'm, I'm praying. He said, you're praying? Well, what do you mean you're praying? She goes, yeah, there's a group of us who come to your country, and we're here to pray and to seek God in prayer for you people. And so he said, do you mind if I learn more about this? 
And she said, well, sure, come, come with us. So he went with her, and uh, one of the men, one of the missionaries, began to speak to him through a translator in his heart language. And have I not heard of this before, but Zarma was his language. The young man immediately received Christ. He was born again by the Spirit of God. He was so overjoyed to leave Islam and to embrace Jesus that he said, would you come? Come with me to my family. You think this is remote? I'm going to take you to the bush, and we're going to, would you go? And they said, yes, we will go. So three men and this one gentleman who just got saved drove for three days in a Land Rover into the interior of this country in the bush, and they found the tribal chief. And y'all, I'm not making this up. This is absolutely a true story. I have a story a lot like this that happened to me in Africa, in a remote village in Chad, Africa. But they went, they talked to the chief, and they got permission. They said, chief, we, we're here at his invitation. You have to be careful. We are here at his invitation, one of your indigenous local people. He has received Christ. He wants us to share with his little family in his little hut, in his, in his region. Would you allow us to do that? Man, I just love when God is at work. God is working on this chief's heart. And the following words came out of the chief's mouth. He said, not just them, tell the whole village. Tell the whole village. And so the missionaries, they got so excited, and they started to preach to the whole village. During the invitation, or before the invitation, the Muslim call to prayer, the alarm went off. And by the way, if you've ever been in those countries, and I have, and you hear that alarm, it is, it is an eerie thing to hear. And you're like, whoa, and the Muslims, time to pray. They get their cloth or their, and their mattress or their, their rug, and they throw it down. And as he was preaching, they left. A bunch of them went, did their Muslim call to prayer, and then they came back. <laughs> and he kept on preaching. During the invitation, an elderly man came up to the man who was preaching. He says, no, no. There must be many ways to God, Christian way, Islam, many ways to the one true God. And that missionary had the backbone to say, Sir, I beg to differ. Jesus Christ said, I am the, the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And I've written down what the man said. The elderly man said, I thought so. Jesus' way must be the way. How do we do it? Fourteen of the men prayed to receive Christ right there in, in the village. They had a beautiful time. They baptized. They talked to them, and then they left. I don't know how much later it was, weeks, months later, the mission team was back, and they said, let's go see how they're doing. <laughs> well, they went, and when they arrive, the chief and the believers, they circled around the missionary team, and this is what they said. <laughs> we, we got so excited about what you told us, but we went to the next village. 
We told them. And a bunch of them accepted Jesus, and we baptized them, and we're discipling them. Here's my favorite part. Is that okay? <laughs> Is that okay? And he said, absolutely. You see, things like that happen in revival. When you read the book of Acts, you got to remember it is a spiritual awakening. God is working, Brother Randy. He's doing miracles, and that's my prayer, right? I long for this more than anything on this earth. I long for the Spirit of God to fall on us. So that even as I'm preaching, people just, they feel the Holy Spirit of God just come on them, and they're like, I want, I want to be saved and they receive Christ. Or you online, you, you, you just sense that something is happening to you, and, this, and you, you can't explain it. There, it's this, this binary thing of conviction, which is painful, and yet there's this resilient blast of hope, and, and it's commingling in your heart, and you're like, I, I don't know what in the world is going on. On the one hand, I feel bad, but on the other hand, I see hope. What is this? That's the Spirit of God. He's working on you. He's, he's convicting you. He's hurting you. He's penetrating your heart saying, your life is a mess. But then he shows you Christ, and he shows you Jesus, and, he, and, and the Holy Spirit says, his life is not a mess. His life can become your life. Would you open up your heart to That's That's when you know. That God's working, that revival, that, you know, look, I've been praying, Holy Spirit, give us a hundred baptisms at Great Hills Baptist Church in the year 2021. We've had six. Somebody help me with the math. Is that good? Well, Brother Dan, you're going to look really foolish come December when we baptize about nine or ten people. then so let me look foolish. Because I don't think the devil prompted me to tell Great Hills Baptist Church, wouldn't it be awesome if we could baptize 100 people? I believe it was of the Lord. If we baptized like we did last year, very, very few people. And like the year before, very, very, very few people. If we do it again, then Lord, am I, am I doing the right thing? Should I even be here? Do you ask yourself those questions, Brother Danny, every day? Lord, there's a lost world. And our city is dying and going to hell. And we baptized six people in six months. And I know I'm preaching the word, and I know I'm sharing the gospel with every. Ashley is my witness. I mean, I barely, rarely miss an opportunity, at least to invite some people to talk to somebody. But I'm telling you, it's all in vain unless the Spirit of God falls and He hadn't fallen. And I know when He falls, I've seen it. I've seen it. There is not this resistance to the preaching of God's Word. There is this resilience, and they're like, you tell me, 
Spirit of God, it's on me. What must I do to be saved? What must I do to follow the Lord in believer's baptism? And it's not me at all. It's Him. And He speaks, and when the Spirit of God falls, there's revival. And it just hasn't happened. And I'm wanting it to happen. If you want it to happen, just say amen. Amen. I do. I'm, I'm longing for it, that God's Holy Spirit would fall upon Great Hills Baptist Church. I love Acts 16 because it has such a variety of, of events happening. You, you have the, I call it number one if you're taking notes, and next week we'll pick up with it. Number one is called a quiet conversion. It just says Lydia opened, oh, God opened her heart, and she was born again. Now, next week, if we get there, we will look at the demonic possession of a slave girl, and I'm telling you, it is on. I mean, Paul is rebuking the demon. I mean, the fireworks are going off, not literally, but spiritually. And then they go to jail, Philippian jail. Remember what happens to them? They're singing and praising God. An earthquake, the, the, the soldier takes a dagger. He's about to kill himself. Paul says, don't do that. I'm telling you, it's like, wow, that is exciting. But on the other hand, you got Lydia opened her heart. Look, God's in the silent, in the quiet, and God's in the big and in the loud. He, he's just like that, y'all. He is mysterious. He is awesome. For some of you, you just need to come to the Lord in the quietness and the silentness of this moment. But some of the others of you, you need to have God almost go, bam, you nitwit, knucklehead, hello, bam, bam, bam. Some of telling you, some of you are looking at me saying, but God hasn't done that to me, and I would submit to you today, He just did. Amen. Through the preaching of His Word, He spoke to you, and you, you know what you need to do. You need to repent. You need to believe. You need to receive the Holy Spirit of God. Will you do it? It's up to you. It's up. Could you be the dude or the dudette that is blocking the revival that God wants to send to Great Hills Baptist Church? Should I just leave now, right? Are you? I'm, are you? Well, I know what the Lord's telling me to do. He's been telling me to do it for a long time. I just don't think I will. Could you be the one? Or could you be the many? And God's like, I want to fall. I want to move. But you got some recalcitrant, stubborn hearts out there. Well, how do you break a recalcitrant, stubborn heart? You can't. Only God can do that. Pray that God does that. So we're in verse 11. Whew, here we go. That was my introduction. Amen. I'm, I'm excited. Sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace. This is an island in the Aegean Sea, halfway between Asia and the Greek, Greece mainland. 5,000-foot mountainous island jutting up out of the sea. You could see it then. You could see it now. Favorable winds to Samothrace, then on to Neapolis. I'm still in verse 11. See it? That's the port. Port city about 10 miles from Philippi. They land there. I think we have the map, um, but I forgot my pointer, my magic green pointer. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot it. Um, Kathy, would you run get it for me? That'd be awesome. And we'll come back to this because you can't see it. There's, there is one person in the church that knows exactly 
where all this is. I'm about to introduce him to you. I'm about to bring him up on stage. You're like, well, who in the world? I hope it's not me, Brother Danny, because I don't know jack about Macedonia or Europe or any of that. Okay, we'll, we'll close it out. We'll pull it back up here in just a moment. It's interesting to me. And having been over there and traveled to Philippi and Macedonia, going to the very place where Lydia was baptized, it's just, oh, it's just a, such amazing. But it took Paul and his team three days to go from Troas, sailing in the Aegean Sea, over to the port city, Neapolis, to Philippi. When Paul goes the reverse route, y'all watch this, it takes him five days because of the difference in the weather and the wind, right? I learned this personally on a mission trip uh, many years ago. Brother Terry, I see you back there. Miss Debbie, when we were serving together in First Baptist Arkansas, First Baptist Arkansas, the whole state, First Baptist Church, Lavaca, Arkansas, I went on a mission trip to Montana. Ashley and the kids, a bunch of folks went on, and normally, like I do, I preach first, and then I said, well, I'll just travel by myself, and I hopped on a plane, and I was flying from Fort Smith to Dallas. This is a true story. There's no ministerial embellishment. Code preacher lying, okay? No, I'm not. I'm not telling you, I'm telling you the truth. I'm flying from Fort Smith, Arkansas, to Dallas, Texas. It takes 40 minutes. How long does it take to fly from Fort Smith, Arkansas, to Dallas, Texas? 40 minutes. The lady comes on the intercom, the stewardess. She goes, I got bad news. It's going to take an hour and 47 minutes. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's impossible. And I got I to gotta catch that flight, get out to Montana. What, what is going on here? And she said, there is a terrible storm. And we're either going to have to go through that storm, or we're going to go around that storm, and it's going to take an hour and 40-something minutes. And then the people on the plane, it was on the smaller planes, one of those puddle jumpers, you know, it's a small plane. And people are like, they start talking like a gossiping. And everybody's talking. And people start getting, they got nervous. What do you mean? And people started getting loud. Wait, 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 storm? And the lady said, yeah, we go through the storm. It'd take 40 minutes. And this lady, I kid you not, so that everybody could hear her, she said, well, if you're going to hell... Might as well go through Dallas. And, and people are like, huh? It's kind of laughing. And I got mad. And I said, I'm going to say something, Lord. I'm going to say it loud. And I did. And I said, instead of saying that, why don't we just all pray to God gets us home safely? And nobody clapped for that. Nobody laughed at that. But I did. I said it just as loud as I'm talking here. And they kicked me off the plane. No, they didn't kick me off the plane. And I wonder if there's a few believers on that plane who are like, you know, praise God. Somebody literally spoke, spoke up. I'm just telling you, sometimes the weather can change your plans. But they made it. In verse 12, they arrived in the historic city of Philippi. Alexander the Great, his father's name was Philip of Macedon. Y'all with me? So where did they get the name Philippi? They named the whole city after the guy. Alexander the Great's father, Philip of Macedon. It was a colony, Luke points out. That meant they were self-governing. They were exempt from taxation. 
the inhabitants could own their own land and they had a little more freedom than the typical Roman city. This is Philippi. Maybe you remember this. It was close to Philippi in 42 B.C. There was a battle. Some of you remember this battle. You've read it in your, your textbooks. Mark Antony and Augustus defeated Brutus and Cassius who killed Julius Caesar. That's where they had their battle. Isn't that cool? Right in this same area, Philippi. <laughs> like what Chuck Swindoll said. He said, quote, Understandably, the ancient metropolis was not a hub of Judaism. That's why they had to go to the river. There were not ten Jewish males in Philippi. Therefore, they could not have a synagogue and so the Jewish people or the proselytes or, or the God-fearers, they would go down by the river, down by the riverside, and they'd go pray, and it was the Sabbath. So I'm, I'm studying this this week. I even took a picture and put it on Instagram. I was just in my happy place. I was, had books everywhere, had maps, had my Logos computer, and I just took a picture. I was just smiling. Some of y'all are like, dude, you need to get a life. That is the most boring existence of a mere mortal human being. But I would argue and say that should be the life of every pastor. It should. That he's hunkered down, that he's studying the Word of God so that when he stands up to preach, he preaches the Word of God. So anyhow, and I, I get a text from this guy. So who is that guy? This is Jeff Fair's dad, Randy Fair, who's an evangelist who is preaching at Great Hills Baptist Church on July the 24th. You still, I'm still on your calendar, right? Are you going, can you do that chalk thing that you do to present the gospel? Would you be open to doing that? He's talented, right? And Jeff gets all this talent. He's a pilot. He builds houses. He has so many gifts. He texts me. Y'all, I just got to sit down. I'm telling you, you can't make this up. He said, I have a friend. We want to come to your church on Sunday. He's a pastor in Macedonia. Now, you help me. What are the odds? I've been doing this for two and a half years, Leo. That's a long time to preach one book. And of all the Sundays, you say, you liar, liar, pants on fire. You knew this was going to happen. You researched it. You talked to Randy. Am I telling the truth? He said yes, in case y'all didn't hear it. <laughs> Can we come to your church? So, Sosha, come on. Come on up here. This is a pastor from Macedonia. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's awesome. You grab this. Good, good. Stay right here. Awesome. Thank you, Kathy. So, this pastor here, um, Sosha, I want you to, uh, well, first of all, he's funny. He told me, he said, when Paul had a vision with the Macedonian saying, come to us, he said, it looked like me. So that was pretty good. <laughs> and so um, this pastor here um, also, well, revival has broken out in Macedonia, and they have 30 churches, evangelical churches. He's pastor of one of them. He's a historian, a theologian. He helps lead the education. Um, John, ain't that cool? See a pastor here. Isn't that cool? And he, they are building 
they're finishing out building their, their school, okay, and their church. So I, I asked you in our office earlier today if you'd just say a prayer of blessing over us. But is there anything else you want to say to this body of Christ? Just put that microphone up to you, and you just tell us whatever you want to tell us. Yeah. <laughs> it's great to be here. Today we, we can see the... Our God is a great God. Amen. Amen. He is leading the history. History is his story. Amen. And it always starts with something small. Amen. Paul came to Europe and met one lady called Lydia. Amen. You can imagine it's popular name in Macedonia. You can <laughs> meet many girls called Lydia. Oh. And uh, it started, the gospel came to Europe, all over Europe, and now many centuries later in the States, yes. we can see God, God is working all over the world. Churches are fooled in many places in the world. It's encouraging to see this, this church, this building, and these people. I, as your pastor said, I, I love church history, and I know how important role American church had in, in a recent church history in a mission for the world. Mm. And it's really great to see how God is leading 2,000 years from small things in the beginning of the history and now million, billions of mm. people confess Christ. And we are here looking what he, he has done here in, in your place. Maybe you are not so conscious how great it is. I would call you to, to be so thankful for, for everything he has done for you and to keep being powerful for the purposes of the world's mission. Yes. America has led world's mission so many years before, and you should keep the, that track Amen. in the history. So, but okay. from the other side, one more thing. Yeah, from the other side, God cares just for one person. As he cared for this lady, they were looking for almost unknown God. They worshipped in Jewish way probably, but they were not sure who is that God. But God saw her heart and sent Paul through the vision to meet this lady, and her heart was open immediately when he preached the gospel. And that's great. He, he is not just leader of whole history. He is leading personal lives. I am now exactly on the day when you preach from the Book of Acts about Macedonia. That's Coincidentally. No, no. No? No coincidence. Yes. And that's great how he, he put the, the pieces into mosaic. So I'm sure that there is maybe one man here or, or woman in this room maybe came here accidentally, mm. searching for God, looking for God. And I believe God can open your heart Amen. today. Amen. He can meet you where you are. Amen. Open your heart and save you. Amen. You can join the story. It's a great story. Amen. All of us are part of this great story. You can join that story and it's worth it. So I want you to stay with me for just a um, second because I want to do something that uh, only the Lord knows what I'm about to do because I haven't told this to anybody. So we got some bad news this this week at Great Hills Baptist Church. I don't know if y'all read my newsletter. You say, yes, Brother Dan, it's the highlight of my Friday. I just read it and love it. <laughs> no, 
I shared with our church, we had a big church, right? We got a big facility, and our roof is in a bad way. We need, uh, we need to repair our roof uh, because when it rains, we have to put buckets, multiple buckets out in the ministry mall. Now, the insurance company doesn't cover this, so we, our roof damage is $375,000, okay? It's a lot of money. And I wanted to ask you all today if you all would help us patch up our roof until the Lord showed me something different. This guy needs $9,000 to finish his Macedonian church. And I want us to take care of that. I just want Great Hills Baptist Church to take care of it for you, all right? And I don't know how we're going to do that, but... uh, Fred Erickson said he'd take care of it all if we needed to. So that's a blessing. So I'm just kidding, Fred. But we uh, will take up an offering. We can uh, help with a missions budget, whatever we need to do. Let's, I mean, this guy is on fire, y'all, for the Lord. And I'd, if, if we took up nine, ten thousand dollars $10,000, I, I would much rather give it to him and just trust God for our roof. He'll take care of our, our roof. But I think this is what we're supposed to do. Y'all okay with that? All right, good. All right, God bless you. We'll take care of it. We'll we'll take care of it for you. All right. Bless you. Thank you. Don't know how we're going to do that, but we're going to do that. I think the Lord is in that. Well, I'm done with my sermon. I'm not really done. Um, We didn't, what did we get to, verse 11 or 12 or something in there? But we'll we'll pick it up uh, next, next week. So here's what we should do. I think we should have an invitation. We should have an invitation for you to open your heart to the Lord. Would you receive Christ as your personal Savior and Lord today? You said, but I thought it was God who opened the heart. Yes, He does. But in His sovereignty and in His amazing providence, He asked you to join Him in that. And so if you're here today and you would say, I need Christ. I know I'm lost. I know I'm a sinner. I know I need Jesus. Then what I'm going to do in a moment, I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. And it's going to basically be a sinner's prayer. And I believe in my spirit there are many, if not dozens of you. Dozens of you right here, right now, should pray this prayer with me and give your life to Christ. Many of you online. No doubt. Maybe hundreds of you online would just pray, receive Christ's supernatural work of God working on you, and you receive Him. And then, however you want to do it, Great Hills Baptist Church, I know Ashley and I, I don't know how much the Holy Spirit will put on our hearts. I think I know a number. I think I know an amount. And we'll just write a check to GHBC, and then the little Deva where it puts a little memo, we'll put Macedonia. If you want to put Philippi, put Philippi and just say, we're going to, we're going to take care of this and we're going to, we're going to finish out building that, uh, building that building. So let's pray. I do ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. Jeff, Lori, would y'all come? You do such an amazing job. We love y'all. I'm just grateful to God that you're here and you'd lead us in worship again. I'd say, who are they, Lord? Who, who are they that need to be saved today? So we'll pray this prayer, and I'm inviting you to pray it with me. You say, well, I think I'm saved. I'm not really sure. Look, be sure. 
be 100% sure. Did y'all remember what I said earlier? Nowhere in my notes could I find that. I believe it was of God when I said there is this commingling, this binary event where there's pain and there's conviction on the one hand, and then there's this amazing joy. There's hope on the other. And it's like God is drawing to you. He's saying, let me forgive you. Let me be your king. And when you surrender to me and I forgive you of your sins, I come in your life and I, I save you. And I'm inviting you to do that today. And, and I'll know, I'll know that you meant it. Because next Sunday you'll say, when can I get baptized? I, I just know this is the right thing to do. It's not your word, Brother Danny, it's God's word. It's right out of the book of Acts. So online and right here, would you pray? And just pray quietly, pray silently, and I'm going to pray it out loud. And I want you to give your heart to Christ today, right here, right now. Say, say, dear God, thank you. Thank you for loving me. I know you love me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Jesus, be my Savior today. I believe. Lord, I don't understand everything, but I understand enough. I believe. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died, who was buried, and the Father raised from the tomb. You're a great God, and I am a great sinner. Please forgive my soul. Save me, O oh God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.